Welcome football fans. Buckle up for another hard-hitting episode of Player 54 Podcast, a show focused solely on the XFL. From a sunny Southwest Florida studio, here's your host, Michael Lathrop. Hello, football fans. This is episode 103, still waiting on a formal announcement. This episode is brought to you by our friends at True Victory. If you are not perfect, if you have ever struggled, if you have ever failed, if you have ever been the underdog, if you have ever doubted yourself or been doubted by others, if you want to get better, be better, and make our world better, this is the perfect brand for you. Founded by U.S. military veterans, True Victory is a sportswear and streetwear brand dedicated to building everyday champions on and off the field. True Victory is not simply a company, they're a cause. Its purpose is to transform lives and elevate humanity through the power and unity of sports, positive stories, and serving others. They are dedicated to the game, the grind, and the globe. But most importantly, they are dedicated to you. If you want to strive for something better while proudly showing others your determination, grit, and supporting people like yourself, Check out the True Victory Shop by simply clicking on the link provided in the show's description and notes and enter the code PLAYER54 at checkout to receive 15% off your purchase. Although we are still waiting on a formal announcement pertaining to the USFL-XFL merger, we do have some XFL developments to discuss. In addition, defensive back Robbie Williamson joins the show to discuss his football journey and XFL showcase experience. But first, we have those developments to cover. So. Let's get to it. On November 13th, Orlando Sentinel journalist Matt Merchel reported Florida Citrus Sports unveiled updated renderings for Camping World Stadium that showcased its proposal to replace upper deck seating. The article also stated there would be a council meeting on Tuesday, November 14th to discuss business and potentially view other proposals. However, since Tuesday, there have not been any updates. Therefore, at the moment, Florida Citrus Sports' proposal for Camping World Stadium renovations appears to be in limbo. Also on November 13th, the XFL Communications Department announced defensive lineman Malcolm Lee has signed a letter of intent with the league and the Seattle Sea Dragons. On November 15th, NBC News producer and off-air reporter Frank Thorpe V reported via his ex, formerly known as Twitter account, the following. Meanwhile, The Rock is in the Capitol meeting with senators about XFL and military recruitment. The meeting was arranged by Senator Tester, I'm told. Here are some NBC News picks of the meeting happening right now. Included in the picture attached to the post were XFL co-owners Danny Garcia, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, 17 or so elected officials and staff members. Also on November 15th, XFL chairwoman and co-owner Danny Garcia posted multiple photos of their time and participation at the nation's capital to her Instagram account. Images of note, Capitol Building, Senator Chuck Schirmer's office, and the Pentagon Building. These posts by Garcia essentially confirm Frank Thorpe's reporting. As I have previously mentioned, we will now be joined by defensive back Robbie Williamson to discuss his football journey and XFL showcase experience. Welcome, Robbie. I appreciate you taking the time to come on to the show to discuss your football journey and XFL showcase experience. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
it's always a pleasure having players like yourself on because everybody's journey is so different and it's not a cliche. It's not one of those things to say, but it's hard unless you find those D one power five guys coming through that had that, you know, silver spoon situation. But a lot of guys don't have that. And especially in this world of the transfer portal is completely different than it used to be. So we'll dive right into your collegiate career, because I think it's beneficial for our listeners. If we do kind of get a little bit more of your backstory before we dive into more recent things. Okay. So if you want to mind taking the moment to share what I think is also a pretty crazy pathway here, we're going to try to give them a better understanding who you are as a player in person. Per my research, tell me if I'm wrong, but you began your collegiate career at division two Tiffin university before transferring to division three university of Mount union and ultimately finishing at division three Baldwin Wallace university. Yeah. Okay. So that's a journey in and of itself. You know, some people might play at one school, but that's pretty crazy. So if you don't mind, can you walk us through how you're introduced to the game of football? What was your college recruitment process like or the lack thereof in some player's situation? And then, you know, this is a lot. It's it's a loaded question. Just sharing your college journey and playing experience, because it sounds like you got a very interesting one from what I could see. So my, my recruitment process out of high school, um, I really wasn't getting recruited really heavy. Going into my senior year, I had um, zero offers. But uh, in the middle of my season, I had um, received an official visit from Indiana. So I took an official visit to Indiana University. I had a visit from Youngstown State. I didn't get the 10. Akron, I had a few, I had a few division, small division one schools reach out for um, visits, but I really didn't have transportation to get there through um, my senior year. So I, they probably felt like I wasn't really interested that much because I wasn't showing up or anything, but I, I showed up to the first one I received, which was the Indiana. But after that, like I wasn't able to get back and forth through to my visits or whatever throughout my senior year. But as in the season was over, um, I had three division two schools come to Beechcroft and pull me out of classes to offer me scholarships. It was Notre Dame, Falcons, Finley, and Lake Erie. But I, I wasn't able to accept the scholarship because my grades really wasn't up to par. So that it was just really unfortunate for me for just finding out where I'm going to get into college. But I ended up getting accepted into uh, Toledo University. I d- decided to um, turn that down and to uh, walk on to Tiffin University where they recruited me and during track, so I got to Tiffin late, talked to Josh Eisen, and I was able to get in there. I got a few grants to get in to go to school, so I got accepted and decided to start my career at Tiffin, where I redshirted as soon as I walked through the door, and I was uh, blessed to play with uh, Antonio Pipkin and Charles Holland, two guys who signed with the NFL after their senior collegiate careers. And I got to develop as a young player at 18. I got to develop for two years at Tiffin University where that really helped my career a lot because I got to start off going against high talent to begin with. And uh, defensive coordinator Matthew Edwards, who now coaches in the NFL, I decided to uh, transfer to Mount Union as in it just really wasn't the fit. I got to develop, but it really wasn't my fit. 
And uh, I got to play at Mount Union. I got to play a lot of games there. I got to get my feet wet a lot. And I still just didn't feel like at home, like I was just at home. So I took my uh, final transition to Baldwin Wallace, and that's where I um, really locked in in my mindset and really just decided that this is it right here for me, and I'm going to just go ahead and put my foot down and put my best foot forward and give it all I got for my last three years of eligibility I had there. So I'm a D3 guy. I didn't play football. Unfortunately, I came from a high school that did not have football. So I was a soccer player, but I was a D3 guy. So I understand the lower division sports, right? I know the athletic departments are different and stuff. You know, all those stigmas about, you know, they're not legitimate, but it's interesting. And I'm kind of curious about your time at Bowling Wallace. I mean, I don't know a lot about the school. I don't know a lot about the football program even though I'm kind of a football nerd, if you will, for diving into these lower divisions, trying to find players like yourself. When you reached out, kind of a blessing. So I'm like, oh, you know, let's kind of make this happen. But So I don't know much about your program, but there's a lot of programs that are just underfunded. They don't have the facilities. They don't have the glamorous, you know, equipment. Doesn't mean you don't have equipment. Doesn't mean you don't have facilities. They're just not as shiny as we see these SEC schools and stuff have. Obviously, right? Bigger boosters and people that are donating, and then obviously you have these massive stadiums pulling in, massive money and TV money and all that stuff. So, but I guess what I'm trying to get at is we know that it doesn't look like what other people are used to seeing on television, and what those players are getting as far as meals and stuff is a little bit more difficult. But for the player that's going to the colleges, universities, it's just as much of a commitment. I remember my time on the soccer team getting up and having 6 a.m. practices on certain days because that's what it worked out for guys' classes. Because their whole thing was making sure we made it to classes, whether it was later in the afternoons, evenings. You know, you only could play or practice so many days in a row. You had to have a day off, right? NCA rules still all apply, all these things. But you know what I found very interesting? even at my time, is how many Division I players still came through the Division Three rank. We had guys, not just on the soccer team, but through the basketball programs and stuff, that were starters at Division I programs that left and then came to the Division Three for whatever reason. You mentioned, didn't seem like a good fit, right? Didn't feel like they're home to you or whatever, right? So many players leave for whatever reason. It could be family things coming closer to home. So D3 gets a, a bad rep, so to speak, but there's a lot of good players. Did you experience it at Baldwin-Wallace? How many players in your own program, the players you're playing against, when you find out some of these guys were D1 guys starting at some of these programs previously? They say the talent level is different, which the talent level is very different, but these guys are still waking up the same time as the guys from Division One. Meal plan's a little different, but we're probably all putting the same things in our body. It's just who's hungry enough for the opportunity just to play football again. It's because it's a privilege at the end of the day. And just being able to put the helmet and shoulder pads on again is just a blessing. And some people take it for granted, whether if they're Division One or D3. Some people don't. And some people actually take the opportunities and put it to good use. Which you did, because if I recall when I did some research, is that I saw that you made, I believe it was an all-conference honorable mention, if I got that right. So you, you got those honors. But more importantly, I saw you made it to um, participate at a couple of those, what they call senior bowls or whatever, right? Yeah. It was the FCS bowl, 
the Tropical Bowl. I mean, you had the opportunity to participate at a number of these, which obviously is an honor. So what does that mean to you? Can you share what those experiences were like? Just getting the opportunity to play against Division One level, Division One talent, it was just a blessing for me to get that opportunity coming from the university I came from. But I, I had the same hunger that these guys have at the Division One level. And when I got when I got to those bowl games, it was just I felt like I wanted it more. Maybe I don't get to play on TV every Saturday. Ours is live stream, theirs is on TV. So this is my opportunity that I can show you that I can play against you and not that I can play with you. I can dominate you as well, even though I came from a division three competition. As I took a D one visit my senior year and went division two, like I'm not just like a lower competition to you. I can play at the same level as you, if not better. It's also an experience. So it's not just a game. It's not just the opportunity. But those things turn into not just a one-off day situation. You guys have practices. So you're in front of coaches. You're getting different coaching. You're also put up in front of some scouts. So did that turn into any opportunity with interactions with professional team scouts while participating at either of these bowls? We got to play in front of the scouts. And they were close up on the sideline, so they were right up on us. Just got to see us play, do one-on-ones, do seven-on-seven. And they were pulling guys to the side and talking to different guys. As I didn't talk to a scout at the FCS Bowl, I did receive a text message after practice to update my information from the Indianapolis Colts at the Tropical Bowl. There was a lot more scouts in handy there, especially on the sideline. And uh, after that bowl game, I did receive an email from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for a workout. So did that lead to any, you mentioned the workout from the Bombers. So did that lead to any other workouts, any more you know, mini camp invites or anything like that? The Winnipeg Blue Bombers contacted uh, my agent and said that I had a, my film got pushed through and I have a, may get a possible invite to training camp. Didn't receive an invite to training camp. And uh, that's when I had signed to the Gillette Mustangs. Right. Well, I was going to get to that. You know, unfortunately, the Colts, whoever, all these guys that didn't work out, the Bombers. But you did transition to the professional game. But in the process, did you have a pro day? Because it's difficult for a lot of lower division guys because their schools don't necessarily put it on. It's Maybe a conference might put it on. Maybe sometimes conference is not put on. So you got to find a school that's willing to bring you in. Uh, you know, you're not competing against somebody they think is in the same position that really has a chance because they want to showcase their own player. Did you have a pro day, though, before we get into the Gillette Mustangs? Yes, I had a pro day March 20th at Toledo and March 24th at Youngstown State. I attended two pro days. Well, that's awesome because some guys are lucky if they can even get one, so that's good. Unfortunately, it sounds like that didn't bear any fruit either for you, but that's all right because we'll we'll dive right into the Gillette Mustangs of the uh, Champions Indoor. Now they're defunct. The league is now completely absorbed between some other leagues, and I believe the Gillette's just on hiatus or something like that, figuring out what their future is going to look like. Yeah. But how did that opportunity come come about? Right. So I mean, that's different. You know, it's you know sometimes like we hear stories that players are digging in trying to find an opportunity. Sometimes they're found by a certain coach, or maybe their you know co- previous coaches reach out. So h- how did your opportunity with Gillette come about? Brandon Davis, a scout for he scouts for the indoor for like the the indoor level, and he gave me an opportunity. He sent my film out to to all the coaches in 
the indoor and whatever coach liked my film will get back with me. And they got back within maybe a day or so. And that's when I was on the phone with Coach Walker and he gave me an opportunity to come down to Gillette Mustangs and actually start in the game right before prior to playoffs and playoffs. I have to ask this. I ask every player that's played in the arena or indoor football space. It's a different game, right? It's not your traditional outdoor 11 on 11 or even north of the border 12 on 12, right? It's so it's a different brand. 50 yards. Got walls, fewer players. A lot of players are typically in motion, which for somebody like you that's defensive back puts you at a massive disadvantage. So, what did the indoor game do for you? Where, how has it improved your game that you hopefully take those skill sets back to the traditional outdoor football? The running in motion, it was kind of new for me. So, Getting used to it at practice, he let me run a few one-on-ones with guys in motion, and he taught me how to guard it. And after after my second rep and, and then reps consistently in practice, it just became na- like secondhand to me. It became natural to me, and it was easy for me to guard it, and I understand how to. And um, it really helped me understand more like the inside, the indoor football game. The ball comes out really, really fast. You really have to be on your guy immediately. I learned how to backpedal, start backpedaling a little bit before the ball snap. Just get used, just get used to being already ready to run because the guy will take off on you. So I'm just, I, I really got used to it. It was um, it only took me a day, of just a hard day of practice, and I really got used to it. You completed that season. In the off season, now I'm trying to keep your your timeline correct, so I could be completely wrong here. So let me know where I am wrong or if I, if I got that right. I understand that there wasn't another team that you've played for, but you then participated at the XFL Houston Showcase. Yes. So as I as I was in Gillette, we were in the playoffs. We were in, headed to the semifinal game. I got an email from Stephen Austin, and he CC'd me and maybe a few other guys and said that um, David Dykeman and Doug Whaley would uh, like us to get the memo for the XFL showcase. So then I was also, as I'm doing practicing, I'm also walking to, because I'm out in Wyoming, no car. I'm walking an hour to the training room. They gave us a free workout. A free, a free gym membership. I'm walking an hour after practice to work out to be ready for a showcase. An hour back to the hotel, and I'm preparing for the XFL showcase as I'm still staying on top of the season work. Um, after um, I left Gillette, then that's when I I went home, trained some more, and went to Houston for the XFL showcase. There's a big difference between being in season shape and being showcase or combine shape. I hear all the time from players, one, you could be carrying a couple things, some lingering minor injuries, but it could still hinder you. But no one's practicing their 40 when they're in season. No one's practicing certain drills, right? Because you're more focused on film and the day-to-day and recovery. That's where film becomes much more versus people that train more frequently or multiple times in a day. So preparing for that, you just mentioned you're you're juggling it, then you go home. How do you feel you were 
as far as showcase shape the day that you showed up for that showcase in Houston? It was a crazy feeling because I'm so ready and prepared to to be there and, and to showcase myself there. But the day I got there, I was actually feeling kind of sick. That I still felt like I had to put up a really good performance, especially in my position drills. I didn't feel a hundred. That's unfortunate because always knowing that there could have been something, even if it's a little bit more, that kind of that'll stick with you for a while. But so let's talk about the showcase itself. Let's not hang our you know hat on you know what could have been so much. You know, looking at the showcase itself and the drills, the people that were involved, the whole process. You know, when we look at it compared to some of these other type of camps that are out there, whether it's the grid and hub got taken over by grid and whatever, you see all these type of, they seem very well put together. So what was your experience coming into it? Did it feel like, wow, this is very professional? Was it kind of like, ah, is what I expect in the way that you, you interacted with certain staff? Because it's not all coaches and, and director of player personnel. There's a bunch of people there. You're working with A and C people that are actually running the drills. What what were your thoughts of the showcase? The showcase went uh, was pretty fine. It went pretty smoothly. Everybody was there on time. Uh, we got in in a quick, fast manner. They put us through a really good workout to get us ready for the day to go out there and perform at our best. It was really well put together. And um, there were coaches um, there: Wade Phillips, um, Heinz Ward. They were. It was a lot of coaches and personnel there for you to talk to afterwards and see if you can just get any contact information from them or just, just to have a small conversation with them. So it, it went pretty smooth and I had a great experience there. So you mentioned you had an opportunity to talk to some people. We don't have to dive into who, I mean, you can share that if you'd like, but what was those conversations like? Was it more that they were talking about particular drills? Was it kind of like talking about that where they kind of give you some good feedback and just general talking about potentially you as, you know, being a prospect for them and their, their team. No, it was just a it was just a lot of um thanks for having me out here. A lot of just shaking hands, a lot of just appreciating everybody's time just to be just being out here, just taking the time out to evaluate me, taking time out to be here because couldn't have came at all. And then we could have just been out there running forty times and sh- shuttles and broad jumps and doing position drills out there for nobody. So just thanking them just for being there and evaluating, taking time out their day. It's kind of tough, right? You're one of up to 300 players, you know, between the two sessions, you know, they have an offensive and defensive session. They actually get some time from coaches because they're looking at a lot of players. There's a lot going on. Obviously, they're probably talking back and forth between themselves, trying to get numbers and information. So, you know, I get that. But since then, have you received any emails, any phone calls, text messages of any potential interest of maybe not only looking at you for an upcoming draft, but maybe to bring you in for a workout or something like that. Not to my phone personally. I don't. I don't know. I know my. I signed with a Baller Sports Agency. Andre Willer is my agent. I believe he's probably been in contact with a few guys, but not anything that has got back to me for like any like solid information that I know. Well, sorry to hear that because I, you know, it'd be awesome if you did, right? But I mean, if your agent's talking, that's all that matters because that means it's still happening, right? So that that's always a good thing. Since that, you know, we got a whole lot going on in the XFL sphere anyway with this potential merger. That's so that could also be changing everything. Hearing that things go back a little bit further with the 
this merger discussions before it even broke. So that might have impacted a whole lot this time around. Sounds very different with the players I'm talking about from this summer and this fall's showcases as far as conversations are having versus previous. So that might also play a major factor into, you know, what's happening behind the scenes. But with that said, you know, you've had an opportunity that came up because I noticed on October 30th, the Indoor Football League's Iowa Barnstormers announced your signing with the team. And I'm kind of curious, one, how did this opportunity come about? How did it come to fruition? And two, were you aware of the IFL-XFL partnership and did that play any you know, any factor in making this decision to sign with Iowa? I'm pretty familiar with all like the football leagues and like all the partnerships and everything. I'm, I like keep up with it and, and everything. So I, I know that the XFL and the IFL is a uh, partner with each other, but I, I'm just always uh, try to stay a step ahead. So knowing if, if the XFL doesn't work out, then I'll try to work my way into the IFL and play in there just to get some film and show that I am one of the top players in that league and I can move, move up if, need be if somebody goes down and they're looking in the IFL player pool for players to get signed to to get pulled up, then I'll be the first guy in line. I also look at it in as somebody like, like yourself that kind of stays in tune with it. I'm not going to say that I'm the, the biggest arena or indoor fan, so to speak, or somebody that even tunes in. But I, I like to keep up to date with what's going on with all the leagues. And I think the indoor football league is the indoor league or arena league because there's a little bit of differences. I know the arena football league is coming back, but they got to kind of prove themselves and stuff. So I think even if the XFL doesn't come to fruition, I think you are taking a step in the right direction for a better league, better teams, better opportunity to showcase yourself. And like you said, film and whatnot. So seems like a brilliant decision on your behalf because it also doesn't lock you in to a contract where you can't pursue an XFL, USFL, Canadian Football League, or if the National Football League team came calling, those contracts always have a clause that allow you to move up. So, I mean, it to me is a no-brainer. You are improving no matter what because you're not staying potentially a team like Gillette that just happens to be a step step lower. So, you know, kudos to you. I mean, you are still striving, and that's that's awesome. You know, in some cases, I think players might feel you know comfort in doing something similar, but you're you're striving, and that's that's commendable. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It is the off season. No more showcases. You just signed with Iowa Barnstormers. We know that season's off for a way. We know that we're waiting on the XFL USFL front. Heck, we know that this weekend is the Canadian Football League Championship game, so their season's coming to end, so we know no one's going to come calling anytime soon there. So unless it's the National Football League, you got some time, right? you you got got a lot of downtime right now as far as playing football. But as a player, I have a feeling you're not standing pat. So what are you up to these days? Now, what is it that your days consist of? I and If you're training, which I assume you are, what does that look like as well? So I train at Hope Fitness Academy. We train Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesdays at seven at seven PM. So it's pretty intense. We do speed work Mondays, power Tuesdays, and then we do a lot of competition work on um Wednesdays. So it, it consists of a lot of um 
high intense workouts and uh we got high quality players in um in that facility so we're really putting our best foot forward three times out of the week we got guys in the xfl in there we got guys in the usfl in there we got guys in cfl i'm the only ifl guy there um we got couple three stars in there from high school that's signed a uh, division one scholarship going to school next year. And um, we also have younger kids in middle school who look up to everybody else and are hoping to be in there. And we all grind together and uh, we don't really just uh, step away from, um, Oh, you work out with this guy. We all work out together. We're all striving for the same thing, no matter what level we are playing at. That's pretty cool. You know, I've always heard people that are training with like-minded or, very close, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. It's gotta be really awesome for the younger players. It's gotta be very motivating and, and whatnot, but it's also probably some sense of giving back. I mean, I'm just assuming that you can tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> a lot of, it's just a lot of hard work and dedication. Everybody's in there hungry for our opportunity and we preach. So after the workout, there's a prayer and we have a, we have a chant that we do before we get out of there each and every night, three times a week. And, um, it's really, really high intensity in there. It's, it's a place that the world really needs to see. We need to get some camera crew in there and see what really goes in there because um, a lot goes on in there, and we are really getting after it three times out of the day. That would be cool to see. And as somebody that, does, that obviously is not in the space doing the things that you're doing, I think that would be kind of cool to kind of pull back that curtain and let you know people that are diehard football fans or other players see po- something positive. So, yeah, no kudos to you guys. That's awesome. I always offer people this next, right? And I don't know how important it is, but I think it's a good idea because I have had XFL executives, coaches on the show before. So they're aware of the platform. I don't know how frequently they tune in. So I'm not going to act like this episode is going to be caught by any one of those guys. But if they are tuning in, this is a good opportunity for you to share something that they didn't get to see at the showcase. They didn't get to see maybe in a little the thank yous and whatnot, because you're a person, you're a a particular type of player. And that doesn't always get picked up in highlights, right? The reels that are out there. So why don't you take this moment, get up on your soapbox. I know sometimes it's awkward to talk about yourself and kind of, you know, about who you are, but why don't you share with us who it is that you are as a person that really separates you from other people and what makes you the player that you are that separates you from other defensive backs that they might be looking at and you know ultimately why they should be really considering you if they haven't already looked that closely i'm just a family man i'm a family first guy i just never wanted to leave uh, ohio to play football because my family i wanted them to be able to see me play football so i decided that uh, it doesn't matter what school i play at division or team that I can be seen wherever I put my foot down on the grass at. Um, I just wanted my family just to be able to see me, and I wanted to be close to my family because we're a family. We're all we got. Grew up with each other in the same household. It's just, just what, just what I'm known to do is just how, just how I live and just how I am. I'm just a family first guy. I'm just the first person my family calls just with, with any situation. So I like to be very close to them just to make things happen, even though I have to go out far just to play for the professional teams that's not a problem but i'm getting adjusted to that but i know from the start that i'm a family guy and i like to be close to my family well robbie it has been a pleasure you know i really appreciate you taking the time and having you on the show to share your football journey and your xfl showcase experience 
And I mean this when I say this to everybody, I am wishing you the best of health and luck. So if you're fortunate to latch on to an XFL team, you have an open invitation for me to come back. If you would like to come back and share that new experience, that added piece to your journey with our listeners. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. But before you go, if you wouldn't mind, could you take a moment and let our listeners know where they can follow you or any of the work so they can keep up to date on your journey so that if you do end up in the XFL, they're ready to catch you right on day one. My Twitter account, Williamson the one. Well, perfect. Thank you, Robbie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Robbie had a well-traveled lower division collegiate career, and his transition to the professional game also appears to be an alternative football journeyman pathway. I appreciate Robbie reaching out and sharing his story. I believe he has made some wise decisions and positioning himself well for continued growth and opportunities. I wish Robbie the best of health and luck as he continues to prepare for the upcoming indoor football league and XFL season. Unfortunately, We do not have any fan line messages this week. If you have an XFL-related comment, question, or hot take and would like it to be heard on the show, reach out to the fan line by calling 863-TALK-XFL or 863-825-5935. Doing so, your message could be included in an upcoming episode. All good things must come to an end. This concludes another episode of Player 54 Podcast. As always, I am interested in receiving your feedback. So do not be a stranger. Reach out to let me know your thoughts. And if you do so, your comments might just make it on the show. But before you go, do not forget to subscribe and rate the show on your platform or choice. One last thing. If you are interested in checking out our friends over at True Victory, do not forget to click on the link in the show's description and notes as well as that sweet code, PLAYER54, for 15% off your purchase. Thank you for tuning in. Till next time, cheers. Thank you for tuning into today's show. Don't forget to subscribe and rate PLAYER54 Podcast on your platform of choice. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at PLAYER54 Podcast. Do you have a question or topic you would like to have addressed on the show? Message the show via social media or send an email to player54podcast at gmail.com.